Welcome to A Raw Perspective, A Fresh Point of View. I am your host, Rich and Anthony Wallace, once again in the booth. This has been a trending topic about Chicago sports, sports in general. I'm only going to talk about Chicago Bulls and last week's podcast about the Chicago Bears. I told you I had some exciting news regarding the Chicago Bulls because the Bulls are back, baby. The Bulls are back. Before we get started with this podcast, if you haven't done so already, you can go to my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Perspective to be updated on anything related to podcasts, things pertaining to a raw perspective. And you can listen to this podcast anywhere where you get this podcast. And if you feel like tipping a brother, you can tip a brother below, clicking on the episode link, because sometimes it does take a little bit of money to do these podcasts. But other than that, I'm excited. It is great to be a Bulls fan. I, If you had seen what had transpired since getting a new general manager, a new president of basketball operations, our basketball president of basketball operations, Arturis Karnasovas, or we call him AK for short, and Mark Eversley, who's our general manager, we call him ME for short, we have the dynamic duo of ACME. Now, if you have any inkling of Acme, you've had to see the Looney Tunes. Anything Acme-related from the Looney Tunes was terrible. However, this is an alternate reality. This Acme, which is spelled A-K-M-E and not A-C-M-E, is doing something that the fans have wanted for so long since the Garpax era which was our previous president of basketball operations and general manager uh, with John Paxson and, and Gar Foreman. And they literally lucked up in, in, in drafting players. We, we got some gems. I mean, the Bulls had a, a nice run with Derrick Rose, even though the unfortunate demise of his injury, which plagued him throughout his career. But the Bulls were, were on top with, with the Gar Paxson movement and we would get lucky in the draft and we would we would draft well. Bulls have always drafted well. It seems like when the Bulls players are terrible here, they go somewhere else and they flourish. And years and years of mediocrity since 1998, which was our last championship, to to now the the change in the front office was something that was needed because Jerry Reinsdorf, he has the Chicago White Sox. He's more of a baseball owner than a basketball owner. He was like, oh, the Bulls win? Cool. I'm more, more, you know, excited about baseball. And luckily, the White Sox had won back in 2005, so he has his his World Series championship. So, we had mediocrity for a while, and it wasn't until last year, before the, the global pandemic, where... That we had hired Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley to reshape and retool what the Bulls is. They clean house. I'm talking about getting rid of our former coach. I don't even know that man's name because that's how bad that guy was. Uh, I, who was the, the Bulls' previous coach? I don't even remember. He was so bad. Oh, man. He was terrible. I, I don't even remember this man's name. That's how bad it because that's... Jim Boylan, yes, there we go. Uh, during the reign of Garpax, 
we've had since Phil Jackson, greatest coach in in my opinion, we had Tim Floyd, Bill Barry, Bill Cartwright, Pete Myers. We had the Scott Skiles era. We had Pete Myers again on an interim basis. Jim Boylan, the first with an A A N, and then Vinny Del Negro. Then the the Tom Thibodeau years were, were good years. Then we had Fred Hoiberg, and then Jim Boylan with an E N. Now we are in an era with Billy Donovan, which has been which has been phenomenal. I was a little skeptical in the beginning of Billy Donovan, but this man has shaped up the offense to have movement. People are moving in this new offense. In the last offense with Jim Boylan, there was no movement. It was just stagnant. People just standing around doing whatever. Uh, it, it was a pretty toxic environment for, for the Chicago Bulls players. Now, it seems like there's there's new energy. There's new life. Uh, Zach Levine is an all-star. He should have been an all-star last year. This man has made me eat my words. He is been exceptional and phenomenal and now he is going into the prime of his career and we want to take advantage of that prime because the Chicago Bulls made a quite a bit of noise in the hours leading up to the NBA trade deadline so the trade deadline happened last Thursday or yeah two Thursdays ago and now the deadline has passed and it's clear on outlook how the roster will look for the remainder of the season and we can look into the team's lineups and rotations moving forward again Arturis Carter Silvis and Mark Eversley gave head coach Billy Donovan some options to consider both in the terms of who the starting five will be and how the bench unit will look on a nightly basis. Obviously, options aren't the worst problem as an NBA coach. So, with Billy Donovan has proven that he can and often not will make the right choices for this team, and I've, I've loved it. That should increase the optimism for, for us Bulls fans that are feeling right now. Bulls fans, after the, the trade deadline, were elated because AK went out, AK, well, Acme went out and got Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic. Nikola Vucevic is a center that is a clear pick and pop guy that can help Zach Levine excel into an even greater player. He was, Nikola Vucevic is also, was also an, an NBA All Star this year. Uh, so. <laughs> We got another all-star to the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, we lose Wendell Carter Jr. We lose Otto Porter Jr. Otto Porter was just wasting space. Injury prone. Had a huge payday. But that was about it. Wendell just never lived up to the potential that he was supposed to be. Um, One of my friends had stated that this Nikola Vucevic and... Zach Levine is what we wanted the Wendell Carter and Zach Levine thing to happen. But we got it now. Uh, Vucevic is 30 years old, so that is a little leery on the side. So we only got him for about maybe three, four years in his prime. Um, so, But he's playing the best basketball that we have right now. And I, I just want to look at this, this starting lineup. So what's projected, like, I'm not the, the head coach of Chicago Bulls, but... Billy Donovan will will pick out the starting backcourt and starting frontcourt. Um, so what I see as point guard moving forward is Thomas Sanoreski. And our shooting guard, of course, is Zach Levine. Zanoreski has been in the starting lineup for a handful of games now. And it seems unlikely 
the trade deadline moves are going to change that on day one. Uh, the reason he's moved into the starting five had to do more with Kobe White and Zach Levine fitting together than it did with Sato forcing his way into the starting group. While it's expected that Sato will be the starting guard as the news Bulls make their first handful of appearance, there's no guarantee that's how long it's going to last. So, in an ideal world, White would force himself back into the starting unit at some point, but no one should be holding their breath because Kobe White has been abysmal as the starting point guard. Uh, next to him, Sato, which we call Thomas Sadoraski, uh, is Zach Levine, an obvious starter and the current face of Chicago Bulls. Levine is where everything starts and ends with this team. A statement that is still true after the deadline, but not as dramatically. Now, moving to our Chicago front court. I project that Patrick Williams, Larry Markkinen, and Nikola Vucevic will be starting. Now, people are probably literally like, um, Larry over Thad, but let me just, let's just say. So, let's start with Williams. Williams was taken fourth overall in the 2020 NBA draft and is another locked-in member of the team's starting unit. Now, he's a rookie, and I want to say I am so sorry to Patrick Williams because I had no faith in you being picked fourth overall. I was a Denny Adjave uh, person. I was an advocate for them. Uh, but I'm excited for, for Patrick Williams so, because he doesn't need doesn't require the ball in his hands, which is valuable when playing next to lethal scorers that he has beside him with Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. Uh, so he'll retain his spot and continue chipping in where as, as he grows into the NBA game. He's only 19 years old. Uh, so he'll likely be joined in the front court by, by Laurie, who was heavily rumored to be traded, but eventually it, he wasn't traded. Uh... So this is this is the thing. Uh, Markkinen is probably the hardest projection to make because Thad Young is more than capable of starting the spot as well. So in the end, it'll come down to fit with players in the starting group versus coming off the bench. So Laurie Markkinen should have the opportunity early to show that he can do now playing off of Levine and then the stud center in Nikola Vucevic. He won't be asked to be the team's second scoring option anymore. And it should help him get back into the flow of doing everything right on the court. Last but certainly not least, Vucevic starts at center. Obviously, this is the case as he is paired a part of the all-star one-two punch and invests somewhat heavily in bringing him to the Whitney City. So there's no question to be asked about the starting five. Now, the the Chicago bench unit. Um, so what we got in return for, uh, let me see. For Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson, we we got in return uh, Daniel Theis, uh, Javante Green, and uh, what's was it Troy Brown? Troy Brown, yeah. Uh, also, that came in the Orlando Magic trade was uh, Alfa Rukaminu, but but yeah, let, let's talk about let's just talk about the bench. From what I got coming off the bench. Uh, Kobe White, uh, Thad Young, Daniel Thais, and then our wings would either be, it's definitely Gary Tem- Garrett Temple as a lock, and then 
if Garrett Temple's still not healthy because he's coming back off of an ankle injury, like he's he's coming back from ankle injury, so he's like he's not a hundred percent, but he's getting back to a hundred percent. But you can go with either Denzel Valentine or Troy Brown Jr. Um, but if Temple is healthy, he's definitely a lock in there. Um, and then you can like switch between Denzel and, and Troy. So if those two, like Denzel and Troy Brown, if those two really get a battle going for who's behind um, Garrett Temple in the rotation, it can include whichever one wins out behind Garrett Temple. So there's potential for a somewhat deep group if everybody is healthy moving forward. So the first three players off the bench, though, should be combined to create an absolutely lethal bench unit with White, Young, and Theus. Not only when playing together, but they also have the skills that can be inserted with different starters in order to play differently and expose the opponent's weaknesses. Uh, this group playing together offers defense and rebounding to Young and Thice and allows White to go to work as the natural scoring guard as he is. Uh, Young's strong vision and passing ability offers a playmaker in the group and doesn't force White into that role that might make him overthink things at this point in his career. You gotta think. Kobe White's only in his second year as a pro. Now, as for the Chicago depth players, first and foremost, a few of these players are certainly going to earn their way into the rotation, but it won't be given to them. But it's not impossible for the takeover of the coming weeks. That being said, certain players are not going to force their way into minutes bearing any injury before them on the depth chart. Either way, this is the projected depth of our bench, like the end of the bench guys as of right now. So... We got Javante Green as a guard, Ryan Archidacno as a guard, Cristiano Felicio, the person that has survived all the trades, all the things, because nobody wants Cristiano Felicio, and this is his last year. So it is nice knowing you, Felicio, because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got Adam Akoko, who is one of the uh, two-way players that we have, along with Devon Dotson, who's also a two-way player, and then Al Farouk Aminu, who... Yeah, they're just they're just there. They're practice guys. Um, but no, it's looking like uh, a good thing, and I'm I'm excited for this group. Uh, bearing no injuries, like this team should compete in the playoffs. Uh, everybody's like, "Oh, you gave away two first round first round picks. Uh, they're top four protected, so uh, that's nothing really to worry about." And the the Bulls are going to be fine. going to be fine. That's all I can say. <sighs> so, what does the offseason look like? Uh, so, despite the rumors, the, the, the Chicago Bulls did not walk away from the 2021 trade deadline with Lonzo Ball. In fact, they didn't walk away with a new point guard at all. Um, so... Based on the flow of the information, it sounds like the Bulls will keep tabs on ball until the final bell rang this, during the, the trade deadline, even though that we acquired Nikola Vucevic. So, but it seems as though that the Pelicans wouldn't lower their rumored asking price, which also felt a bit high for an upcoming restricted free agent, especially after you're giving up, like the Bulls giving up two first-round picks during the day. But the ball... To the Bulls campaign doesn't end here. Today marks like like the new beginning. 
Like, during the offseason, it marks the first opportunity to get your hands on the 23-year-old point guard as now turns our attention to the availability as a restricted free agent this offseason. So, while the Pelicans will have options to match any contract thrown Ball's way because of his status as a restricted free agent, their willingness to negotiate offers at the deadline suggested that they can ultimately let him walk. Of course, there is the option of sign and trade, which has been discussed recently. In either case, the Bulls will have competition for Lonzo Ball. This would include the New York Knicks and the Denver Nuggets, who were involved in like the, the market as well. Knicks did pretty good job getting what they wanted. Um, and then the Nuggets, they just acquired Aaron Gordon. It was a fire sale over in uh, Orlando. Um, but both... Like, the New York had, would have interest playing for, like, Ball would want to play for the Knicks. And, again, all of this is against the backdrop that the Pelicans can keep him if they want. It's important to think about now, but a conversation that can have later on. So, with no new guards in the mix, the Bulls have to push for the playoffs with Thomas Adoransky and Kobe White leading point guard. I don't think that's necessarily the worst outcome when we consider all the other recent added reinforcements, but it's likely that this isn't the plan heading into next season. I think we should expect the team to hit the point guard market hard during during the offseason. Um, so what can transpire is we can do a sign-and-trade, probably for Thomas Sandoreski or Thad Young or possibly both because of the way that the salary cap is, is hit. Um, but knowing in the future the Bulls are looking for a point guard. And that, that's exciting. That's exciting. Someone that can, you know, do something with the Rock. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for, for the Bulls' rise. It It is a long time coming as a Bulls fan just to have joy and excitement. In, in the air. I mean, I'm excited to to be a Bulls fan again. Um, I mean, I was always excited to be a Bulls fan. It's like, yes, they suck. They, the tickets are ch- are cheap because they suck, and it's like it's still a good game. It's just bad. It's like ah, play 47 minutes of good basketball and then lose in the final minute. Uh, but all in all. I am excited for the future of the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are back, baby. We're going to the playoffs. <sighs> and when fans come into the to the atmosphere, man, it's going to be great. So, that is the end of my sports talk. Not sure what I'm going to talk about in the following week, but I'll think of something. But until next time, my name is Richard Anthony Wallace. This is the wrong perspective.